From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Well, welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpott, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor Richard Caldwell, the pastor of Founders Baptist Church and the voice of the Straight Truth Podcast. Now, please go to our website and check out all the media we have there, straighttruth.net. There you can find links to all of our previous episodes and every topic we've already explored. And you can also find links to all of our social media channels. So please click on one of those, like, and subscribe to that channel. Also, if you'd like to hear sermons related to one of these topics, just click on the links below or go to our website and you will find those. Lastly, go to the iTunes podcast section and leave us a review. All right, Josh. Now, today I want to do something different because I think it's important people will get to know a little something about the host. Okay? You're always hosting, <laughs> okay. but today I, I want to take just a few minutes and, and talk about uh, what you do here at Founders Baptist Church. Mm. You, you are our pastor who oversees administration mm. and our worship and song. Mm -hmm. And take, take just a moment and talk about how you began that. How did that, mm. how'd you get started doing that? Well, the worship part um, probably began at a very young age in terms of just learning music and having sort of a knack for music at a very young age. So I started playing piano when I was six or seven years old and uh, kept that up. And um, my parents encouraged me to do that. They did not force me or to practice or anything like that, but they could tell that I had a knack for music at a young age. And, um, and we were very involved in our church, so I always wanted to be involved in music ministry at mm -hmm. our church, just by the fact that I was a musician, learning, and, uh, and being involved in the church. So I had opportunities to play the piano for, say, offertory. I sang in our church choir even from a young age. And, uh, and then found pretty quickly that I enjoyed doing those things. It wasn't something I felt forced to do. It was something I liked doing. And, uh, and my parents, I think, did a great job of, sorting, of sort of ingraining in their kids a sense of responsibility to the church. Mm -hmm. And I felt like my main contribution was going to be in one way or another, uh, musically. Mm -hmm. And uh, at some point, I thought that, um, and maybe in high school or so, I thought, I, I should pursue this in college, too. I'm a first-generation college student. And um, even though my, my parents had four kids and, and uh, nobody in my family had gone to college, and so I took the opportunity to go to college and also to learn music in college. And it was in college where I was uh, challenged in my faith pretty strongly. I thought I knew uh, how to explain what I believed, and I didn't. And so being challenged in college sort of sent me to the Scriptures, sent me to uh, explore the Bible, find out why is it that I believe what I believe, and in doing so, I uh, had more and more of a, uh, of, of a desire to serve in the church in whatever way the Lord would use me. My love for God increased, my knowledge of the scriptures increased, and I just loved being in the church and serving uh, in the body. Uh, through that process too, uh, a number of counselors and, and men and women who had uh, encouraged me in, in music and in what I was doing in the church um, encouraged me to pursue music specifically, uh, worship ministry. And so just trying to listen to them and, th and think, uh, I'm not going to just pave my own path, but what, what are people encouraging me to do? I decided to, uh, to go to seminary and, and, um, and to explore this a little bit more. While I was in seminary, I um, served in a tiny church, and the pastors there also encouraged me musically. And, um, and I started to enjoy uh, uh, being a worship leader in, in the sense, obviously, Christ is our main worship leader, 
but um, in a sense of leading the church yeah. and singing uh, songs uh, to God from the Word of God. And that's kind of how I got into it. I don't even know if, if we've shared this with our audience before. I was converted when I was 16 years old. Yeah, right. When were you saved? When did you come to Christ? It would have been 1992, so I was uh, 11 years old. Okay. And, uh, and again, growing up in a Christian home, I heard the gospel all the time uh, at church and at home. And, and it was just as a young age, I think I was fifth grade, um, felt convicted of my sin. I was sinning outwardly pretty consistently, and my dad had confronted me about that. And I felt really convicted, and he opened the scriptures to me. We went through what we called the Romans Road, mm. which was to go to Romans 3.23 and 6.23 and 5.8 and other passages. And uh, and at that time, I thought, this is me. I, I, I'm just sinning all the time, and I don't really know Jesus. And so I was about 11 uh, when I became a Christian. And one of the things I love about you and one of the ways that you benefit our church greatly as you lead us in worship is that there's theological depth mm. um, to your life, and and one of the reasons for that, not just your own personal Bible study and your upbringing, but you did make the choice to go to seminary and to get more training. Mm -hmm. uh, you went to Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, mm -hmm. and you're an Old Testament PhD from there. So maybe some people will be watching this who are involved in music ministry, and they wonder, would it benefit me to go to Bible college, or would mm -hmm. it benefit me to go to seminary? How much do you feel it has helped you hmm. in your role as a worship leader mm -hmm. to have had that seminary background? Well, it's been immensely helpful. I don't know if we could really put a value on how much that was helpful to me because I went in really green. I, I did not know much to, when I went, first went to seminary. I had read some books. I, had, I went to a Christian college, but, um, but one that did not necessarily uh, teach um, doctrine, at least not very well. I was sort of uh, catching some things uh, that, that, that helped me think through uh, what the Bible was, was imploring me to be and to do and how to think. Um, so when going to seminary was, was immensely helpful in sort of shaping uh, my understanding of, of what the gospel is, who Jesus is, the Trinity, the church, all those things were, were, were hugely helpful, especially and the fact that I was planning worship services in tandem with learning biblical doctrine at the same time. And it helped me to see that uh, serving in the church and what takes place in the church is not separate from learning gospel uh, doctrine or, or learning biblical doctrine. Um, the purpose of, of learning more ab about Christ and the gospel and the scriptures uh, is for the sake of the church, mm -hmm. is to build up the body of Christ. And that not only happens in the preaching pastoral role, such as what you have, but also um, in, in a role such as the one who plans uh, songs to sing. So, so let's talk about that. Days. Let's talk about the planning aspect of worship services. What are some guiding principles for you as you think about planning a worship service from the musical point of view mm -hmm. and everything that leads up to the preaching of the Word of God? Mm -hmm. What are some of the guiding principles that you, you yeah. live by? Uh, I can think of a couple in particular. Um, number one, I guess, is a, a, as an assumption, at least for me, is that the, the, the moment that the pastor steps into the pulpit to preach the Word of God, that text and that moment is the high point of the service. Mm. Therefore, everything that I do, a plan, or even people I ask to read a scripture, that all has to coincide with what is about to happen at that point. Because the beliefs that are, are taught there are explicit for us, that, that it, whereas everything else is sort of 
implicit. Mm. It's caught. Beliefs are caught implicitly. They're taught explicitly, as in, mm. as, as in the case uh, with you. So everything I have to do ha- has, to, um, ha- has to, to prepare the church to hear the word at that point and to maybe think rightly after that has been preached. So that, that is a guiding principle for me. That, that's number one. Uh, number two, I, I often say that uh, worship is putting the word of God in the mouths of the people of God for the glory of God. I love that. Yeah. So that that I sort of just coined. It's not it's not something I've heard before, but I just thought of it as I was reading Ephesians five and Colossians mm-hmm. three, that um, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, singing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and um, and, and worshiping God together. So that that showed me okay. The the key point of all of this is the word of God dwelling in us. In us ritually, that happens in the sermon, but it also has to happen in the in mm-hmm. the in the text. Or I'm sorry, the, the text we read, the things we pray, the things we sing, and what we do is we sing to one another uh, about the the glories of the gospel and of Christ and God, and we sing to God. We we do this together. So the word of God has to be dwelling in us ritually. How do we do that? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, scripture readings, listening to the sermon. That's a guiding principle for me. And some of those things you mentioned as you explain those guiding principles make up the elements of the service, right? So uh-huh. when That's you right. think about what are some of the elements that make up a good worship service that lead up to the preaching of the Word? Yeah. What are some of those elements? Um, well, I think we, we begin like the Psalms typically begin. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them do with a call to worship. We are preparing ourselves to do something important. We, we only do it a couple times a week, but the New Testament places a strong emphasis on that day, the, the Lord's day, right. the day when we come together to worship God together and to hear the word taught together. So um, it, there's a lot of commotion, a lot of uh, getting kids together, even just listening to Bible studies, whatever, before you get into that room. But when we get into that room, something special is about to happen. Mm. And so I think a call to worship is a great way to do that. And so what we say at the beginning of our service, let's take a few moments to prepare our hearts to worship the living God. Right. And then out of that silence comes the prayer and uh, an opening call to worship prayer, and, uh, and we stand together and read a text together. So that's the first element. And then we come to the singing of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, all preparing us, hopefully. Um, hopefully beginning, too, with adoration and praise to God, a song like, All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice, and with us sing Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. We sing Hallelujah to the Lord. Um, and then following that might be a, uh, a prayer, a, a scripture reading, a prayer. Hopefully the scripture reading can coincide with what the pastor is, is preaching on. Again, that's the high point of the sermon, mm. in, in our opinion, uh, we would say. And so I think that scripture reading should um, uh, uh, marry together with, with the, the main text that's being preached uh, and the prayers as well, um, along with more songs, along with a time where we worship and giving. We call that worshiping, mm. uh, rightly so. We give uh, to the church um, as an act of worship to God, hearing the word, and then following that, a, uh, a response. Like what sort of, I've, I've thought of this before, is what is the aftertaste of the sermon? Yeah. That final song after the sermon should be kind of like the aftertaste. What's in your mind and maybe on your tongue as after you eat a good meal, what's the aftertaste? No, I think it's a great That's way to describe it. I think be. you do a great job with that. You know, I, I like to describe it as we sing the truth in. So we've just, we good, just yeah. heard it. Now let's just seal it, <laughs> and you sort of sing, sing the truth in, and you seal it. 
the people you select, uh, that we select, as we think mm -hmm. about the people who carry out these various elements of the service, how important is it to get the right people to be a part of? Really I'm imagining somebody watching yeah. this and they're, they're thinking about putting together worship services. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe they have a small uh, bench, so to speak, to choose you know, the players in the game mm -hmm. off of. How important is it that you choose the right people to be a part of this? Well, that's immensely important. I, I would say that's that's as important as choosing the right deacon to, to lead in the church, or or maybe that the Lord. So obviously, calls salvation should be a elders, given, right? Someone given, who knows Christ, yeah. but also somebody living a godly life, right. leading their family well. That are here's a big one that are faithful in worship. Yeah, amen. Uh, it, it would be uh, it would be wrong of me or you together to choose somebody to, to lead in scripture reading or leading out in a call to worship who can't remain faithful um, even in worship services. So it should be that. It should also be somebody who can speak clearly and pray mm. clearly. Um, uh, you and I have both sat in prayers where you have no idea where it's going. It feels like somebody's saying a bunch of Christian cliches altogether. Mm. But, um, but I hope it would be somebody who has prepared ahead of time. They've read the text ahead of time. They've thought through it. They've, they're praying what they've just read out of the text. So somebody that's discerning and uh, pastoral. It's a shepherding task. All of this is a, uh, is a pastoral task. I think the worship leader is a profoundly pastoral role, teaching the people Amen. the scriptures. Amen. It's yeah. good. If you had uh, somebody's watching this who, who does what you do, if you had one word of advice, knowing that we're all learners, you're still learning, I'm still learning, but if you had one word of advice for someone, what would it be? What's the number one thing you would say to them? Uh, for a worship leader, or do you mean? Worship leader, worship leading leader. in song. Leading in song. I would say, uh, well, I would say a hundred things, but I would say uh, holiness is absolutely crucial for them to do what they do uh, well, personal holiness. And, um, and also, I would say it is, it is crucial that you work with your pastor hmm. together to, to do this task. Amen. That you um, accompany the, 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 the most important part of that service, which is the declaration of the Word of God to the, for the people of God. And that everything you do has to be, has to, be to that purpose, letting the word, the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's the, uh, if, we, if we can keep our focus there... And some of these other things will, 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 will take care of themselves. And if the church knows it, if the church knows that what we do here is, 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 is word-centric, then, then, then we can kind of put aside some of these other battles that have happened yeah. with worship, worship leaders. We, we, we are word-centric people. And so I would encourage uh, a young worship leader getting into this to think about that first and foremost. Thanks again for joining us for the Straight Truth Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information about this podcast, just go to our website, straighttruth.net. And there you can find links to all of our previous episodes, also some other helpful information about these topics. We also have merchandise there for you to purchase if you would like to. Now, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.